go. All right. We have a saying in the Bahamas. Good evening, everyone. Sorry, good evening. Fool me once. Oh, y'all don't know that one. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry? Uh-huh. Fool me twice. Same on me. All right. So can't let that happen to me twice. That would be my, my issue, all right? Okay, so glad that you're here. Did you get a little nap? You got a little nap? That's godly people stuff on Sunday. Sunday, you got to get your nap in. That's good stuff, all right? Uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 119, verse 18, just to get our thoughts together. Great song, and we're just going to read it one time and then pray it through, and then we're going to get into the message. And um, I forgot your name. Teresa, Miss Teresa, actually knows or knew, as he's passed away, the same gentleman that taught me this, uh, this whole passage, um, Evangelist John Crabb. And I just thought it was so amazing that I was in a church that someone knew him, um, but uh, a great man of God, but he's gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, so Psalm 119, verse 18, let's just say it one time, and then we'll just have a time of prayer, and then we're going to get right into the message. Uh, together, Psalm 119, say Psalm 119, with me, and then we're going to say the verse. Together, Psalm 119, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Heavenly Father, thank you again for allowing us to be here tonight. Thank you for bringing who you brought. Thank you for allowing us to be a needy people because we always need you. And Father, I pray that you would open our eyes, speak to our hearts, show us the areas that you want us to work on, you want us to improve. And I just pray, God, that your, your spirit would lead me into what to say and how to say it. And I pray that you would go through every pew, from the youngest to the oldest, and share with us what you want us to learn. And encourage our hearts, and may you receive honor and glorification. We ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you in here are runners? You enjoy running? Okay. One, two. All right. Two people enjoy running. This is my kind of church. This is my kind of church. All right. This body is okay for preaching, but for running, well, that's a whole nother story. Um, but anyone ever run a marathon in here? Everyone, any of the two that raise their hand run a marathon? Probably not. Okay. So a marathon is a race where a person runs 26.2 miles, okay? Um, I would have trouble driving 26.2 miles. I would have a real problem riding a bike 26.2 miles, but they would run for 26.2 miles. That's a marathon. Then there's what's called a ultra marathon, where they run 62 miles. That's insane. Okay? The average time to run this 26, the 26, back to the 26, the average time for men is 4.5 hours, and for women, 5 hours. So you say, well, where does the term marathon, marathon come from? Well, it is said that a man by the name of, Fe I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Pheodipides. All right, say that with me, Pheodipides. Okay, whatever you said. A pun. When the Greeks 
won a victory, a military victory over the Persians in 490 BC. The legend says that the soldier Pheidippides ran 25 miles from the battlefield of Marathon in Marathon, Greece, to Athens to deliver the news. So he delivered the news and said what was what. So it says, after he arrived, Pheidippides said, Rejoice, we are victorious. And then he dropped down dead. That's why I don't run marathons. <laughs> okay, that's my excuse right there. I don't want to drop down dead. Um, so that's where the term or the phrase marathon comes from. It's from this concept of running long distances, long, long uh, hours. Take your Bible with me, please, and turn, turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12. Familiar passage to those who would have grown up in church. You probably would have heard this message, heard this passage preached on. And I uh, just want to leave you with some thoughts, practical thoughts tonight to help you and encourage you along your Christian walk. Philippians, so, <laughs> Philipp, I get in a Philippians, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. says, in verse 1, says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us, what's the next word after us? Run with patience the race that is set before us. If you have been in church any amount of time, let's say for about a year or more, you would, you would learn this. The Christian life is not for the quickest. Um, I've been around church pretty much all my life, for at least 45 years, okay? So I've been around for a while, okay? Three of you caught that, okay, good. I've seen people make professions of faith, get saved, how we, you know, whatever we think, we're not sure, the Holy Spirit knows, and I mean, they just, they just break off running for the Lord. They're inviting people to church. They're coming, they're reading scriptures, they're asking good questions. And sometimes you just want to tell them, just pace yourself. It's going to be okay, pace yourself. But they, but they go, they go, they go, and then eventually they drop out of church. And you're like, they had so much potential, they were so active, they were so, they were so vibrant, but it's almost as if they were running this race as if it were a sprint instead of a marathon. Uh, I think there's one of the cartoon uh, things that says slow and steady wins the race uh, with the, the, the tortoise and the, ho and the hare, right? Or the rabbit. And so it's like there is this concept, and I believe if Christians would get this concept, and I believe this, I believe if you've been here, if you're here and you're listening to this and you've been saved over 20 years, you probably already know this. It's not about the quickest. It's about the one who's going to be consistent. The one who's going to be faithful. It's one decision after a time. It's one victory after a time. It's one failure after a time, and then to get back up from that failure after a time. And that's the Christian walk. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And so I would like to say, ultimately, I don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. A lot of people believe it was Paul. But at the end of the day, it's God that's the author of it, right? God shares with us some thoughts about how to run the Christian marathon, how to run this race. And so he says a couple of things. First of all, I want us to, to remember this. I want to encourage you with this. 
run, run with freedom. Say that with me. Run with freedom. Run with freedom. Say it again. Okay. Obviously, I would not want to run a race in a suit. I would not want to run a race with a backpack on. I would not want to run a race with a lot of heavy clothing. Uh, in fact, most runners try to wear as little clothes as possible, which isn't always the best thing, but that's what they do. So it says in verse number one, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and let me just say, that could mean several different things. I, I, I quiver to think, I shiver to think that that means that the Christians before us are watching our Christian life now. Because I don't want to watch my Christian life now. Uh, and I don't think there's any tears in heaven. But the fact of the matter is, it just might mean that we're running in the sense that we have those who have gone before us, and now we're running kind of in their shadows. So we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. But, but here, here, here's, the first, here's the first point. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us. Running with freedom means you're running without encumbrances. You're running without things that will slow you down, that will stop you. A weight is a burden, a bulk, or a mass. So it's like running with a big stone on your back. It's like running with, with wet clothes. It's like running with cement shoes. And there are some weights, and I love what, I love what God did in this verse. He said there's weight and there's sin. Not every weight is a sin. Now, every sin is going to be a weight because sin will pull you down. But he says there are just some things in your life that's a weight. There are some things in your life that may not, you may not be able to go through Scripture and find a scriptural reason for not having it other than the fact that when you do that particular thing, when you go that particular place, when you're around a particular person, it slows down your progress in your Christian walk. And what I love about this is the Holy Spirit can speak to every single one of us in here, and he knows what it is, because I may, not, I may never know what it is, but there's just some things that God says, you know what, enough of doing that, because that's not helping you in your Christian walk. So he says there is lay aside, that means put aside the, the weight and the sin. Now, I believe this. We have the fact of sin that's known and, and big and boastful, but a lot of times, if we're honest, we have secret sins. You know what the secret sins are? Pride. Jealousy. Envy. Bitterness. Discontentment. A lack of faith. See, more than likely, as I'm looking at this crowd, more than likely, you're not going to come in here smoking drugs, right? You're not, and I don't know, but I'm just saying, that's not normally what's going to be happening in church, normally. Because those are sins that everybody can see, and everybody could point to those particular sins and say, you're doing wrong. But in essence, what, what I believe this verse is saying is, as he's talking to believers, he says, look, there are some sins in our life that no one else knows about but us and God. Lay aside those sins because you're running a race. It could be friends, it could be hobbies, it could be social media, it could be games, it could be places. Lay aside anything that, that so easily beset us. 
where the moment, you know it is, like the moment you do that particular thing, you're going to fall. You want to know the best way to resist temptation? I got a secret for you. Y'all ready for the secret? You want to know the best way to resist temptation? Don't put yourself in a position to be tempted. The, the person that says this, well, I want to see how close, if, if, if at, the end of this, at the end of this pew is sin, I want to see how close I could get to this pew without sinning. Folks, that's, that's the wrong way to look at sin. You want to get as far away from sin as possible. That's what you want to do. You do not want to get as close to sin as possible. That's why the verse is saying, lay aside every weight and the sin which that so easily beset us. There is a story told of a man by the name of Aaron Ralston. In 2003, he was climbing some mountains in, in Utah. Long story short, while running, sorry, not while running, while climbing, he slipped and his arm got caught in the rocks. He was there for, I think it was about three or four days. He ultimately said he, is, he recognized he's going to die, and he, was, he gave up on life, and he said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to die, and this is it. Well, he fell asleep, and he thought when, he, when the next time he opened his eyes, he would be gone. He would be dead. Well, he woke up, and he wasn't dead. And he said, okay, I still have life. I got to get out of here. He tried moving the boulder. He tried moving the rock. He tried everything he could. He couldn't do it. So he came with a final plan. He got out a dull knife, and he took the time, and he cut his arm off. And you can look it up online, Aaron Ralston. He cut his arm off because he said this. He could either lose his whole life with two arms, or he could save his life with one arm. Now, I hope that I'm never in that situation, and I hope that you're never in that situation, but that is the mindset we need to have towards sin and the weight that so easily besets us. That we would be willing, that's why the verse, that's why the verse says, if the hand offend thee, cut it off. If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. That's the mentality we need to have towards sin and anything that's going to weigh us down on this Christian journey. So we go on. So, Paul, so the author, Paul, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are com compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Say this, run with patience. Oh, you could do better than that. Run with patience. Run with patience. All right, patience, steadfastness, cons constancy, endurance. I love this definition. In the New Testament, it's the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. If I could put it in simple terminology when it comes to how to run with patience, it's this. Just keep running. Just keep running. You say, okay, preacher, what's the, what's the way I could make it in the Christian life? Just keep running. Well, well, what if I fall down? Then get up and just keep running. What if I get tired? Just keep running. What if I can't seem to see the finish line? Just keep running. What if someone offends me? 
just keep running? What if the person that I poured into or the person that poured into me, they stopped serving the Lord? What do I do if it feels like I'm the only one living the Christian life in my home? Just keep running. The way you make it in the Christian life, the way that you succeed in running the race for the Lord Jesus Christ is simple. You just keep running. You run with patience. You run with endurance. Nothing stops you. There should be nothing that you would say, well, hey, if this happens to me, I'm going to stop running the Christian race. So he says, run with patience the race that is set before us. So notice what it says, the race that is set before us. You, you, now, if you ever saw on a track, a track has different lanes. And I love this portion of this verse. You know, you know what I get from this? You know what the Holy Spirit speaks to me about? Run your race. Run your race. The race that is set before you. Ladies and gentlemen, my race in Nassau, Bahamas, it's going to be different than your race in Port St. Lucie. You will have different circumstances, different trials. I'll have different circumstances, different trials. But you know what I got to do? I got to focus my eyes on running this race that is set before me. What happens a lot of times, I will tell you this. I've seen this, <laughs> I've seen this happen a couple of times, at least one time for sure. Someone's running, and you can look it up on YouTube. There, there's, there's one on YouTube. The guy's running, and he's sprinting. He, he isn't doing, the, he isn't doing the, the, the marathon. He's sprinting. He's sprinting, and he looks behind the guy, at the other guy running, gives him the deuces, as if to say, I'm winning, you're not, trips down, falls, and the other person he was doing it to came in first because his eyes were focused on someone else's race. You want to get discouraged fast, start focusing on another church. You want to get discouraged fast, start focusing on another marriage. You want to get focused, off focus fast, start focusing on other people's children and their life. Because what's, a lot of times, you know what's the problem with, with, when we don't run our race? You know what we tend to do as human beings? We always tend, whenever we compare ourselves to each other, which the Bible says is not wise, we always take the highlights of other people's lives. But we don't know the trials they had to get to to get to where they are, that we're now admiring their life and say, oh, I wish, I wish I were like them. But you don't know what that person went through to get to where they are. But a lot of times we just, we just have the highlights of their life and we say, well, hey, because this person has a lot of money, I want to be like them. Or they have a nice family, I want to be like them. But you don't know what they went through. That's why God has a race and a path for every single one of us. So your goal is to do this. Lord, show me my path and help me to run on this path for your honor and for your glory. I cannot run Pastor Aiken's race. He can't run mine. Run your race. Don't compare yourself with another Christian because two things will happen. You'll either boast yourself up because you're, well, I'm a better Christian than them. They're, they're not even here tonight. But that's not your race. Or you get discouraged because you're looking at somebody who is more faithful than you and more seasoned than you and more spiritual than you but run your race. And then it says in verse number three, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the, right, at the right hand of the throne of God. Run with purpose. Run with purpose. The purpose is this, the Lord Jesus Christ. You ever think about him on that cross? You ever think about the pain, the excruciating pain that he must have gone through? Do you think about the amount of blood that, that, that dripped from his body? Do you think about the embarrassment of being naked in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people? Do you think of the disrespect when people spit in his face? When you think about all those things, folks, if you're here, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're here because of people, people will let you down. Serving God because of people might work when you're a new Christian, but at some point you need to cut that umbilical cord and you need to say, I don't need to serve God because of who led me to Christ. And I don't need to serve God because of some leader or I don't need to serve God because of some, some father figure or mother figure. I need to serve God because I've seen what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for me. And that's why I keep running. I can't run because of someone else's race. I can't run because of what someone else is doing. I have to run because Jesus didn't quit running for me. You realize how much times, if it were us, would we have said, would we have even gone to the cross? Listen, if I were God, I would have just, after Adam and Eve, I would have just wiped it off and said, who needs this? But Jesus died for us. He bled for us. He was in pain and torture for us to have a relationship with him. And some people quit serving the Lord because someone offended them. Okay, okay, I got it. Someone offended you. But did Jesus offend you? We run with purpose. And the purpose is the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that's going to keep us. Who for the joy that was set before him. What's the joy? The fellowship. The fellowship that he would have with us. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you something. If for no other reason, and really, this should be the only reason that you're here tonight, that you're serving God, that you will be here until Jesus comes or he takes you home, it's because of what Jesus has already done for you. Have you ever thought about this? I think about this sometimes, and I get convicted. If Jesus never did anything else for me, never answered another prayer, never helped me out in any other way, the cross would have been enough. So if none of my prayers got answered on this earth, and I lived to be 100 years old, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross meant my eternity in heaven, what am I complaining about? It's about the cross. There's a man by the name of John Stephen Arkwari. So we're going to call him John Stephen. He completed many um, marathons, many Olympics. But something happened in 1968. In 1968, John Stevens was running a marathon for the Olympic race, and he fell down. He got his feet tangled up with another runner. He fell down, dislocated his knee, messed up his shoulder. 
Well, the race continued and it finished. They had the celebration. They had the awards. They had all that stuff. Then one by one, different news media people started going back to the race where the race was being held. And more and more, a couple more people, a couple more people. So they went and they, they saw this guy running. Now, by, the, by this time, all the other runners have done, gone. They're finished. They're taking showers. They have got their awards. They're going wherever they got to go home, back to the hotel. But all of a sudden, all these men and women start running back to the race. And it was John Stephen. And he was there running with a dislocated knee and a messed up shoulder. And this now brought all these different people back to the, to the scene, and they're like, they're clapping him on, they're encouraging him, and they, 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 they see him, and he finishes the race. Well, of course, one of the reporters got to him, and they said, hey, John, you fell down. You were literally injured. You had a legitimate reason to give, in, to give up and throw in the towel. They said, why did you keep running? And John Stephen looked up, and this is what he said. He said, my country did not send me here to the Olympics to run a race. My country sent me to this Olympics to finish my race. Ladies and gentlemen, you weren't saved to simply run a race. You were saved to finish a race. Let it be said at your funeral, she finished her race. He finished his race. They kept the course. They were faithful to God in spite of sickness, in, in spite of tragedy, in spite of disappointment, in spite of failure, in spite of everything going against them, in spite of loved ones not loving them as much anymore because of their decision to follow Christ. In spite of it all, they kept running because they kept running to that cross. That's the finish line, folks. The finish line isn't when we get old. The finish line isn't when we can't do anymore. Listen, if you can't serve like you used to, pray more. Always finish what you started. And I just want to encourage all of us tonight, as I leave, as we leave uh, tomorrow, I just want to encourage you with this thought. Just keep running. Just keep running and finish the course that the Lord Jesus has set before you. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray now that you would help us to run the race that you have set before us. God, there is, there's tragedy, there is sickness, there are trials, there's failure. God, sometimes there's confusion. God, sometimes there's doubt. But I pray that you would help us as believers to run the race. Help us to run with freedom, not to have a bunch of weight on us. Help us to run with patience, to keep running even when we want to quit. Help us to run with focus, to stay in our lane. And help us to run with patience. And help us to run with purpose, sorry, and finish the race because of the one who was set before us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for giving of your only begotten son for a bunch of people who don't deserve it and never will. Thank you. So, Father, help us to run this race. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if God has spoken to your heart about continuing to run the race,
just going to ask, whether you stay in your seat, whether you come forth, whatever the, the Holy Spirit leads you to do, would you do what the Spirit wants you to do tonight? Spend some time talking with him for his honor and his glory. And if you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I, 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 I'm not sure. But just pray for me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make fun of you or, or, or embarrass you at all. You say, Preacher, I'm not sure about my salvation. Just pray for me, please. I want to have a word of prayer for you. Anyone like that that would just raise their hand and pray? Okay. Heavenly Father, you know the hearts, the condition, you know everything about everyone in here. You know who is saved and who is lost. So I pray that you would strengthen the saints, help us to run the way you want us to run this race and to finish it the way you want us to finish it. And I pray, God, for, the, for the, any in here that are lost, I pray that you would lead them to the cross, lead them to the empty tomb, lead them to Jesus. And I pray that you would convict them of their sin, your righteousness, and your judgment. And I pray that at the right time, the right person would be led by your spirit to talk to them and show them about salvation and how they can be saved. And so, Father, we put each person that's unsaved today, put them in, uh, unto you, and we just pray, God, that you would help them to be saved and help us as believers to run the race for your honor and your glory. So we thank you, Jesus. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.